9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hey there, go plug yourself listener. What did you get up to during the pandemic? Did you learn to make bread? Listen, I don't want to shame you into saying you didn't do enough during the pandemic because that would be mean and cruel, but you probably didn't do as much as trying to win tour. She managed to release a musical album and nearly win Big Brother Celebrité earlier this year, and she's closing off the year by featured being featured on Rick Mercer's Comedy Night in Canada uh, show on CBC. Yeah, that's a pretty good pandemic you guys not that there are good pandemics um so yeah we sit down with trying and we talk about the big brother experience we talk about the rick mercer's comedy in canada and my co-host on this one it's super exciting is ines anaya who also features on big brother no she doesn't feature on big brother i said that wrong she features on rick mercer's comedy night in canada because i'm just surrounded by talented people and i just sit here making this dumb podcast enjoy the show two one hit it Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. Uh, so yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about Toronto and how no one should ever go there. <laughs> Well, no, hang on. Visiting's fun. I think Visiting's fun, yeah. yeah. I think we, we came to the conclusion that visiting can be fun. I I don't know. Living there is... Ugh. No offense. What, I, what I understand I've decided, comedy, a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And, like, socially, I'm pretty sad to be leaving. But I'm, like, I'm a big-time homebody. And, mm-hmm. like, especially now that I haven't been going to comedy shows a lot, I don't see a lot of my friends right. very often. But I'm hoping, because my mom is still here, that I'll, like, be coming back really often. And then I'll be, like, really on top of my game with seeing everyone. Yeah. And I might hang out with them more often than I do now. Honestly, it's <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah. like I, I've seen that happen. Yeah. Like, there's people who I haven't seen in months and we're, like, blocks from each other. Yeah. But neither yeah. of us will bother to make a plan. But if yeah. I'm like, I'm only here for four days. We have to go get a car. Whatever, you know, then we'll do it. You're going to suddenly have, like, a whirlwind social schedule, mm-hmm. which you don't have, actually living here you're like, i don't you're like, know the I'm house. Like, Psh, no exactly thank you. um so podcasting news i guess is that we're been like this is probably one of your last episodes yeah because i also what i refuse to do on is zoom is recording, recording podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. we do sometimes record remotely but ines is like no I don't want to do that. I understand that. It I, it I, just I, it feels longer somehow. Yeah. You know? And well, I don't know. I think if it's if it's just to to join you guys or for like a, a guest that I'm really excited to jump on with, I, I might do it. Mm. The when I made the policy of no more virtual podcasts was when we were like peak coming pandemic. Out, yeah, and I was like <laughs> everything's on Zoom and I can't do like. And I, like, you know, like I can't do yeah. another thing I feel at the you. end of my day yeah. that is just like on Zoom. Like, that's I it. I feel you. The yeah. other the other show we still do remotely because uh, one of the hosts is like a new dad and, and he's just about to open up to being like, OK, let's do it in person. But I was like, man, I, I also like as a result, we do it every Monday and I like I dread it mm-hmm. kind of because <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. I have to I spend all day working on a computer and then I'll like stop, have dinner with Sarah. And then I'll be like on the computer again for like an hour or two. If it was people coming over, like we're doing now, we're like, oh, we talk a little bit, yeah. then we press record, then we do whatever, and then they mm-hmm. hang out a little bit yeah. after. Yeah, and you're we like, crack oh, it's this whole beer. thing. Exactly. Like, no, you're just 
the social. I know. Yeah, log in, like, log out. Yeah. Stare at like the screen longer. Yeah, it got to be too much for me, and I, I, I didn't feel like I was even pulling my weight as a host. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't interrupting you all the time. None of that. You know. One of my favorite episodes is when we had the. Uh, uh, Alexis Diamond on who had won the like Canadian Governor's Award and oh, for tra- you just for zoned out for like such a long period of time because you were like looking for a particular quote. <laughs> I, w- I was I was looking for oh I was looking for like a story that was because she was a she's a translator. And she won an award yeah, for she was translating for, like, the governor general. Okay. Yeah, like, for translating like a, a play achievement, a, a yeah. French like a Quebecois play from French into English. And I and I really wanted to tell her about this like B.J. Novak short story about like a guy <laughs> who who sort of becomes famous for his like modern translations of classics. Okay, okay. Um, which doesn't sound like an exciting story, but it's a, it's it's a really cool. But story, you ended up I with think. like hyper focus. Yeah, because I was like, I cannot not know. What, I was like, I'm sure if I Google enough things, I will find it. So then, yeah, <laughs> these two like talked for like an hour and then i was like I, I know it i know what it is no one remembered what i was talking about but it's this thing uh here yeah. it is uh so i was before we pressed we started recording i told uh trana obviously we're super excited to talk about uh your album the the whole both of you being on rick mercer and all of that <laughs> stuff uh but i was like i have to talk about big brother in like the worst <laughs> yeah. possible way and i was like and you're a recent fan also i am i've been recently Inducted. Uh, roped in. <laughs> well, doing the show made me a fan too, because I wasn't really a fan before mm-hmm. the show. Um, I wasn't like it wasn't something that I hated, but it wasn't something that I participated in. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've experienced it, like I, I feel so much more invested in it, and mm-hmm. like I'm actually really excited for when they do their third season here in Quebec. Like I'm. I'm going to be doing like weekly commentary videos just on my own. Hopefully someone will pay me to do them. But um, <laughs> like, I know that I'm going to be fully invested. Yeah. Then just yeah. living, th- reliving sort of the experience through them, I'm sure. And just like worrying about them and, you know, I think that, that that's also like, so, especially someone who like, if listeners are, most of our listeners are English. So if they don't know, uh, Trana, you were on the Quebecois French version, yeah. which was the full Celebrity, yeah, celebrity, by the way, celebrity. celebrity. Yeah. But the big joke, and that, like, so obviously, when I got out of the house, I saw a lot of like the press and things that had been written, and like, so the day after the premiere episode, everyone on the franchise was like, "These, no one knows who these people are. These are not celebrities," <laughs> and like, they weren't wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I was super unknown, and when they called me to do the show, that was one of the first things that I said to them. I'm like, "But I'm not a celebrity." Especially with the, because you've got like quite a, you already had quite a sort of little cult following, I would say. A little say. cult following on the English side, but even yeah, on but the like English French. side, I wasn't famous. But I would, you know, I would, I would have considered no, you Montreal No, in a way, I think famous. I was actually more, yeah, Montreal famous, I but, guess. But like, yeah, and you were sort of just dipping your toe into the French, yeah. into the mm-hmm. French side of things. Yeah. And like, I mean, skyrocketing, but. But that just goes to show you It was very like, new, yeah. Yeah, it was still very new and. But I mean, that just goes to show you like how much faster things move on the French side and how much more opportunities there are, I mean, mm-hmm. which is why I started performing in French in the first place. I like, mean, I genuinely wanted to, but like it was also motivated by yeah. like, 
Mike, so Mike P has the, been saying it for years. It's yeah. the opposite of English. Yeah. That's like the French. That's well, Mike Patterson's quote all the time. He's I don't like, think that's what we're saying. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm putting those words in Mike's mouth. He does it all the time. But he's he always just like, you, but, but, and, and I mean. I don't I, think it's that it's easy. I just think the audiences are much more appreciative and yeah, much okay. more invested. Genuinely. And, and I mean, there, I, I and there's more things move. Like the English side in Montreal is like molasses. Right. And that's like the rapids. The the French side is like, there's like a full. Like right, flowing river. But <laughs> honestly, even on the like English Canada side, mm-hmm. like there are people who are on like major network shows that are still not known. Like they're like English Canadian audiences aren't super invested in what we do here. No, you know, like we all know this. Is not no. I'm not saying anything new. No, because um, but like. On the French side, like, if they see you, even at a show in a bar, like, if they see you and they like you, like, they will follow you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They will then go see your next show. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, English audiences are, like, even if they enjoy you, they, like, forget about you immediately after the show. There's no investment. Well, because, I mean, I think yeah. it's especially difficult for English, like, or not just, like, for English comedians, but then I'm saying, like, from the audience perspective is because, again, like, we talk about this even with podcasting. Or yeah. Like, like, we talk to the guys who do Trois Bières. They're just dudes, basically, that have, like, a nerd show. Like, that's, like... Right. And they, then they ended up getting guests and everything else. And they're, like, they can do a podcast tour around Quebec mm-hmm. and sell tickets. Yeah. And, like, and I'm, like, what are you talking about? And they're, like, oh, yeah, because we're not, like, competing with Joe Rogan. Exactly. Like, like, and technically, I am. You know, like, I'm... I, yeah. Not directly. I like to <laughs> yeah. think I have a very different audience. But you're, like, oh, he has, like... 100 million downloads well, a yeah. week and that's like you're, the you're tr- competing for the same amount of years. audience in the same pool of like anglophone like media. Yeah, exactly. Which is like an whatever enormous speak, you know? pool. It's not even just the United States. It's, you know, any and all English speaking countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pool is massive whereas like Quebec is such a French Quebec is such a contained market. Yeah. yeah. But it's still big enough that there's money. Yeah. No, I, I was just going to say I I like have um over the pandemic and like recently really gotten more into I, I sort of like listen to and watch more things from the UK mm-hmm. and uh that's like a place with a comedy scene that I sort of envy yes because um they they have some extent of that sort of like self-containment that Quebec has where it feels like you can you know like tour around yeah just there and, yeah. the, and sell out tours and like um, you don't have th- to be big anywhere else. Yeah, and like a thing that I that I you know that I that I really like, which is how I got into it, was like the 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 game shows and the panel mm-hmm. shows and stuff, yes. which are like in North America such a like it's like for the people, the people who who compete are like broke people who are trying <laughs> to like pay for their surgery yes. or whatever. Whereas there, it's comedians. So then there's all these like options. Like if you're a stand-up comedian. Doing stand up and touring isn't the only thing you can do for money or to or or to be funny or to have yeah. a job or to have a community, and and they still like on podcasts and whatever still talk about the U.S. as being like the place. Right. Like they feel small and insignificant, and they feel like if you want to make it even as a U.K. comedian, you have to be able to tour in the U.S. or whatever. So we're and all in the I, same boat. Yeah. Like, and I I'm I'm sure you know to some extent they're right, and I I just like maybe we're so much more aggressively dwarfed by the U.S. Yeah. that maybe I. I'm just sort of, you know, like I, I see their situation as yeah. enviable. I don't yeah. know what the ins and outs and like how much money you really can make in the UK. Like I trust that they know, <laughs> but it's like, it really is like that. But well, Quebec think- is safe from that. Like Quebec, it, it's not like, oh yeah, I can be big here. But if I want to be really big, I have to go like to Paris. No, that's no, not, exactly. that's not it it's at not, all. You know, exactly. like it's, it's, it's totally self-contained. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's like, I think what 
skews everything is like Hollywood comedians get so much more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, where it's just like all of a sudden, if you're making like mid six figures in the UK, you're like, you are absolutely a rich person. Of course. You know, like, you know, like yeah. a, you are a wealthy person making like 300, 400,000 pounds a year or whatever. You're that's like, that's amazing. I would yeah. kill yeah. for that. Yeah, no, exactly. You're, and you're, you're living off your craft, which I feel like is a standard. You're, no, no, you're so not just living off your craft. You're, you're rich off your craft. Yeah, like yeah you're, but. You want <laughs> for nothing largely. But even just, know, like, for me too, that, that was always my goal, was just to make a living off of my art. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be rich, but I want to just be able to make yeah. a, a livable. Like, did it be an option comparable to, like, being an accountant? But I, I feel like here it's sort of like, it's like you're either starving doing it and you're trying really hard and then maybe you, you sort of really hit the big bucks and suddenly you're a celebrity. Suddenly you're John Mulaney and you might as well be, like, yeah. Kim Kardashian, kind well, of, you know? Like that, then and you then it's like, millionaire. But there's like. this, like, big gap in between, although I'm sure there are people in the U.S. and even in Canada who, who like, comfortably pay their bills and, no, like, their, and their job so is comedian, but it's sort of like, it's it's... It's like more of an almost like an invisible sector of, it the, is of invisible. the industry. You are you right, know? but there are so many people in that bracket. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. they have, the vast to, yeah, majority. of course, of course. Like they can't all be John yeah. Mulaney's or like. But that's why you're, uh, you're us, I guess, or whatever. But that's why you, you end up like aspiring <laughs> to be Mulaney. You don't aspire, uh, like, not to say you wouldn't be happy with it. Like Johnny, you're saying you just mm-hmm. like just I wanted to support myself yeah. with my art. That's mm-hmm. that's my aspiration. Yeah. But there's like I think especially if you're dealing in English comedy. You can't help but, like, particularly in Montreal, because we have JFL, like, you can't help but be like, I want to be that big. You know, like, I want to yeah. sell out the Bell Center. I guess, but I, I guess think that I, there's, I there's a part of that. Like, <laughs> like I like, don't pass. But the idea, being a legitimate celebrity is like winning the lottery. People don't realize how, how small that group is. Yeah. And so, like, striving for that or aiming for that is really stupid yeah or or thinking that you because that's what i think of like i'm I'm obviously like there's there's plenty of smaller uk comedians who don't have like hugely popular podcasts and who don't get casts on the panel Mm -hmm. shows like that is like a certain level of fame already and and those people are making good like quite a lot of money Mm -hmm. but that they think sort of like this level of like the like the true measure of making it is out of their league sort of because yeah. they can't be John Mulaney. That's where I'm like, oh, I would like kill to be you. you yeah, know? Like, exactly. Like, like I would kill like that's um, that's it may be a little bit too much. Like they talk about getting like re- I don't want to get recognized in the supermarket. You know what I mean? Let alone be like the the. Like, because people who don't even follow comedy, like, that's the thing. If you are so famous that people who don't know what you do know what you're doing and who you are and, like, what you look like and, like, who you left and who you've had a child (laughs) with, that's too much. But even, like, people who are, like, your fans, you know what I mean? Being so, like, (gasps) like, I don't know. Like, that seems, like, scary to me. And then they, they think that they're sort of, like just sort of like mid-level comedians right. is like nuts to me you well, know that was like we had uh, like, uh, Catherine Ryan on the show over the over the Just for Laughs break and right. she was like in also that like insane of where she's like I'm doing well I'm not necessarily like Screw off forever, mm-hmm. Rich. But she's like, I'm. She has several ponies, so I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna stop her right there. <laughs> no, but she was just sort of like, but she, but she's also talking about the UK though, like especially like, because a there, there is a like you said, there's those panel shows where it's not just like a talk show. It's like no, we just have like three people who are funny talking Being, about like the, stuff. the goal of the show is for people to just be funny, yeah. sort of like on TV. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Know, yeah. That's it. But then there, I guess the downside of that though is like what she was saying is she's like, I'm also now like. 
tabloid famous, which is like, mm. that's a whole other thing, which right. is like, fun once. Yeah. And now it's just people are, especially in the UK, like just taking my photograph while I'm taking my kids to school or, or like yeah. whatever. And yeah. I was like, yeah, like, again, I can feel that would be like, neat one time and like one time only and now you're like now this is just a nightmare that yeah. i have to deal with i don't know well, I'm are you, are you, yeah i was i was gonna say <laughs> are you quebecois yeah. tabloid yeah, exactly famous well if uh back to big brother not <laughs> tabloid famous per se but let's just say for example that like tomorrow i made a post introducing my new boyfriend which i don't have <laughs> but let's just say that that was what was happening tomorrow it would be picked up by i'm pretty sure it would be picked up by some of the quebec yeah like, oh yeah i don't doubt it blogs uh-huh um so yeah it's i'm not at the point even remotely close where like i'm being hounded but i don't think any quebec celebrities are hounded honestly it's such a small industry yeah. that and everyone also kind of knows each other like, um, unless you're like silencio yeah but i, I do get like, recognized when i go to the grocery store i got recognized when i went to go vote um when i was in quebec city a few weeks ago i it was their Pride Festival, and I I had a show. And then after the show, I went to the one and only gay club in Quebec City with some <laughs> friends. And, like, that was – it's never happened to me before, but, like, that night was insane. Like, it was the whole night people coming up to me and wanting to take pictures, and they were, like, freaking out. They were, like, trembling and being like, I can't <laughs> believe it's you. It's like, like they were, where, where did you think I would be? So, you know what I mean? Like, they were <laughs> reacting to me the way that I would react to, like, seeing Sarah Jessica Parker, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, but everyone's so nice and lovely, and I have to admit as someone who's, like, such a pop culture junkie and is such a fangirl of so many people mm-hmm. that, like, there is a, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy it because mm-hmm. it's really loving. Like, everyone's been super nice. It's not, like, intrusive. You mm-hmm. know, there are some people in the DMs who, like, I think I try to respond to everyone. Um, but then I think some people take it a little too far. They oh. think that, like, getting a response means that you're, like, automatically friends. And they're, like, trying to make plans with you. And, like, that's oh, hard to navigate yeah. because... I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. And it's not that they're, I'm sure, not lovely people, but, like, I don't even have time to, like, see my close friends. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think sometimes people don't understand where the boundary is, and that can be a bit tricky, especially as someone who's, like, so sensitive and, like, never wants to make anyone feel, like, rejected or bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, like, the harder part of it. But overall, it's just fun and nice. And I think that there's a part of me, like, that always fantasized about that, you know, right. like growing up as a kid, like watching Madonna's Truth or Dare documentary, and, like <laughs> seeing her like in the Tokyo airport being like mobbed. Like I want to experience that at least once in my life. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I would want that every day. I was saying, I was like, once, but, like, yeah, once but it's like, want, but the experience. I, yes, whenever yeah. I see those like videos on Instagram of like, you know, like all the fans outside the hotels in New York when it's like the Met Gala and mm. like, you just step outside of your hotel and like there's just these like lightning flashes of camera and people like losing their minds just like at the sight of you. Yeah. I want to know what that feels like. <laughs> I really want to know what that feels like. I would also like. say too that like I'm just wondering if I'm, I'm almost sure of it that like right now Trana is wearing uh, very similar to what we saw you in Big Brother. Yeah. Like a beret and a t-shirt which yeah. is a casual look mm-hmm. if we've ever seen you on stage. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like so I was like I feel that that might have made you more recognizable. Well, yes, exactly. Like, so, like, like, I've really you, lost usually, my... Usually she's dressed to the nines. Yeah, I've really like, lost my anonymity. Yeah, exactly. Like, in it. Quebec. Quebec only. Right, right, right. Yeah. You <laughs> know? Um, so, like, yeah, definitely, for sure. Be, uh, like you just said. Yeah. But also, I mean, just, like, you know, we were, wa- like, we were watched b- by, like, 
somewhere between like 700,000 and 800,000 people yeah. every night, you Which know? Is like, and I was there for three months. Yeah. So like they saw me a lot. <laughs> and like with all of those kinds of shows, like people really feel like they know you. And to be honest, they do. Yeah, there's so much diary room I watch the and show like, yeah. and that's me. You know, it's not all yeah. of me. Um, I, you know, like I... I mean, I don't think there's anyone who knows all of me besides me. You know, there are Even people yeah. then. I mean, not not to say for yourself, but I'm like, I wouldn't, I would be a hard time to say, like, I even know everything about myself. Well, yeah, that's like, true. You know, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, exactly. I was like, I don't know how I would react in every situation. Yeah. There's how I think I would yeah. react. But like, but honestly, yeah. like what people saw, like, <laughs> is very much me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they really got like. So I can understand people watching it and feeling like they know me because to a certain extent they do. Yeah, yeah, because you can't, you don't have time to to put on a face and that's. No, sort some of people situation. do on Big Brother. Like I've seen seasons where people really adopt like a full persona because they think that's how they're gonna win. Like mm-hmm. sure, I've seen I, but I knew that I would not be capable of doing that. Yeah, I just think like everyone, and it probably is like not a good way to get to know them, but because it's so constant and because there's so many unexpected things and like it really, it's like meant to toy with you mentally and emotionally like everyone cracks to some extent absolutely maybe they don't fully show themselves but like you can't entirely craft yourself like there's always gonna be a moment so. where you're like that wasn't part of the plan because like you know that fight wasn't part of the plan like exactly. that you know yeah exactly and because at the end of the day you're still living your life yeah it's just that you're there in this very bizarre surreal context mm-hmm. but you're still living your everyday life yeah you're just waking up and, and exactly. showering and yes, whatever. Like, yeah. we, like we, it's we're still living our lives. It's yeah, just that there's it's, nowhere to go. There's so nowhere to go. Like the games happen once every couple of days, and then yeah, you're just like otherwise, exactly. Just, yeah. Like I, I remember the. I think the the creepiest. Like when I was like, the one time I watched live feeds was I can't remember the season. It was the season with Ian from the, the American one, and it was like it was right after someone had just like done a big. Big backstabbing move, like sent the, a different person home. They're down to, it was final three. And I was like, I'm just going to put on the live feeds. I was like traveling for work or whatever. Yeah. And it was like horrifying. It was like, it was, I think it was Dan, Ian, and Danielle, if you're a Big Brother fan. I think it's just like Mike Carazza's like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, those were like the final three. And it was like, Danielle was just like under the blankets crying. Mm. Ian was like rocking back and forth, like repeating like a mantra, right? Like, like because he was just sort of like he's like it's just a game. He's like we're in it to win in like forty eight more hours, whatever. And just like just like repeating yeah. it like back and forth. And Dan was just wandering the house doing laps, talking to himself. And I was like, oh no! I was like, these people have all lost their yeah. minds. I never. And, like, and I'm that not. Point. And I'm not supposed to be looking. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Like yeah, the like, thing. And you're like, and that was no. And nowhere did they mention that in the like TV show. Of you're like, and then all three of them. Had nervous breakdowns, yeah. you know? Well, like, there were a couple of people on our season who, like, got super intensely into it, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think they necessarily reached quite that level, yeah. but, like, close to, Yeah, you at know? three months of being locked yeah. in the house. But I, know, like... I never reached that point because, like, I was just having fun. And, like, when I felt like it was starting to head in that direction, I just sort of was like, I'm not going there. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I abstain. Thank yeah, you. but honestly, yes, that was my, <laughs> that was my approach and, like, my mentality. And I'm like, it really is just a game. And, and you were, but you were also, like, backstabbed and lied to. Yes, I was. Else. Oh, my God. Like, was I ever? Like that's, that's, yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> that's the stuff that I would have a hard time to be like, oh, this person was just I did have a hard. Face. I like, did have a hard time when I, like, watched it back, mm-hmm. you know, because 
I didn't fully know that it was happening while it was happening. Obviously, you don't mm-hmm. hear every conversation. That's the whole point of this show. Yeah. Um, and I thought that, like, the line between, like, the personal and the game was really clear for me. Mm-hmm. But I realized that when it came to the handful of people that I considered, like, genuine friends, yeah. that line was not so clear. Yeah. Because to me, the idea of, like doing anything against any of the people that were like my true true friends <laughs> is unthinkable yeah. to me. It's just not possible. It's not possible in my everyday life. It's not possible and it was impossible in that context. Like are you mm-hmm. so here's a question. This so the, I think anyone who watches Big Brother obviously envisions himself in Big Brother. Like mm. I don't think who's watching it and like being like I wouldn't Yeah. Like everyone's like how would I do? Like right. even if you don't necessarily want to yeah. deal with it, I think For that sure. you just watch it and Definitely. think about it. And the way I often think about it is I was like, I don't know necessarily how well I do, but I play a lot of board games where Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could absolutely be your best friend and be like, nothing personal and screw you over in the context of a game. Yeah. And I think that that's what Big Brother like blurs. It does because you're with these people all day. Yeah. You know, you get so close so quickly. Like, I swear, like on the second or third day, we were already telling each other that we love each other (laughs) and we meant it. You know, like, it's like we summer really, camp. It, yeah. yeah it's like, in, it's like, but like concentrated. It's, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's wild how like close you get so quickly. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's not like that on every season, our season, like we genuinely collectively as a group just had this like very instant chemistry from mm-hmm. the first night. That was like very real immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. Like I was really expecting to feel very lonely. I was expecting to feel very left out. Like I am an introvert by Mm -hmm. nature and I don't always like love meeting new people and don't always feel super comfortable super quickly. Um, Or until I feel comfortable, I can't really let my guard down and be super social until I really feel safe and like that I know the people around me. There's a clock ticking to the first eviction. Well, that's why I need to put myself. Well, yeah, I know. And I I went into it knowing that like I was literally like, I literally had to tell myself, like, you're going to have to forget about all of that. Like, get over your discomfort and you have to, like, dive yeah. in. Like, you're I can't wait till it. I'm comfortable because that'll yeah. be, and be I two evictions by then. Exactly. You know, like, and you're, but yeah. luckily, I did feel comfortable mm. very quickly. Thank God. Because yeah, that's nice. That's, that, that's nice to know, at least. I've never been more scared of, like, doing anything in my life, seriously. I, yeah. yeah, I think I get I Like, I, because speaking of, like, picturing yourself in it, like, mm. I think I've always known it wouldn't, it wouldn't be for me, but I always think, like, the challenge is, like, seeing... <laughs> Weren't you just saying earlier? that you're like i don't like concerts they're too like <laughs> yeah they're they're too crowded and they're too like that's the thing yeah. i know i would like I, it's not even that i'm like oh how would i handle like yeah. the social game or how would i handle like the physical challenges i'm like i do not know how i would be around that many people <laughs> and not like voluntarily ex- self-evict like maybe two hours in but i, I felt <laughs> the exact same way honestly like on paper in every aspect big brother is my worst nightmare come to life yeah. Seriously. I didn't even want to do it. Honestly, I, I really did it for career reasons for like, it's such a big show in Quebec. And like, I saw what it did for the people who did it on the first season career wise. And like, I wanted to like introduce myself to this audience, you mm-hmm. know, like that was my motivation yeah. for doing yeah, it. Yeah. And I mean, what an invite to receive, well, you know exactly. what I mean? Like I'm, so, so many I've people like audition an and exactly. audition and audition. And then like, Even yeah, when I got the call. I'm like, okay, so like, how do I audition? What's, what are the next steps? And they're like, no, you just have to you're say like, yes or no. Yeah, like, this is a celebrity this is, edition. This isn't yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, and like I've like, never okay, been offered anything. But I like, 
I was surprised at like how much I really did enjoy living with these people, even sharing a room with them. Yeah, like which I, think... I thought again, me too. Like I imagined that like I would quit after two hours. I imagined that I would last at the most like two to three weeks. I was aiming for four weeks. That was <laughs> Just like, like long enough to stick in the exactly yeah. 80, 80 something days. Yeah, I don't remember the. Uh, there is a Big Brother like wiki page, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. I'm on the like stats and yeah, like yeah. I, I think i was 80 something days yeah. final four right? yeah it was yeah, final four yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that's still so long like <laughs> it is honestly like like i, I like, can't believe how long that was and and on like top summer of camp it, is two weeks and it feels like forever and i you know? i never <laughs> even wanted to go to some like sleep away summer camp but i, I know never did. i would fully sleepovers full full blown like this is fun for the first few hours and then really wanting to get picked up same yeah and i, I wasn't i didn't even go to that many but yeah exactly or like i'm i'm not like a super neat or clean like i'm not a clean freak i'm not a very organized person i'm a messy person but when i watch it i often find myself thinking like i would be so pissed that like people like like not emptying the dishwasher yeah. or like, or putting gross dishes in there or like constantly. doing something like just like being around yeah. and being nasty or like, Luckily, not, not like not cleaning the lint yeah. filter. I would be like this. I hate that. You know what I mean? Like- Luckily <laughs> that kind of stuff doesn't bother me too, too much. Mm-hmm. So like it was fine. And like, I like hate cleaning, like even just for myself and like the idea of cleaning up <laughs> for uh, like other people's mess. I'm like, Thankfully, there were people who did clean a lot. Yeah, yeah. The people who I are just, I, they're I, cleaners. Yeah, yeah. I really got away with doing like very little cleaning and very little cooking. Lucky. <laughs> I would like, so yeah, I would, I, I'm like a tidy person and like a clean person. And I also like, I like to clean when I'm like freaking out. I'm yeah. sort of like, I was like, if I'm having like weird, like stress anxiety, right. I was like cleaning. Cleaning it will be productive. It'll take my mind off. Yeah, things. I won't feel like I could just lose myself in cleaning. But I would like I I do not like cleaning the bathroom and cleaning a stranger's bathroom. I know I, I was did like, clean the bathroom once. Yeah, that that or would twice, be twice actually like, twice. Oof. And yeah, it was yeah. at a point <laughs> where the bathroom like it had just gotten so gross and no one was. I was waiting for like the usual people who clean to clean <laughs> yeah, it. And then yeah. you're like, no oh, one shit, wanted we to have, tackle we it. And then you're like, this like, you is know worse what? than cleaning it is living with <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So like I reached that breaking point and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just clean the bathroom and then i think everyone was so grateful that like i didn't have to clean anything for like a really long time after that that's that's pretty great yeah, yeah. i also think like part of like the things that i don't I, I don't like about the idea of being on big brother is the same reason i don't like the idea of being like recognizable in public and it's because like i'm a really furious little lady and like in public <laughs> people would I'm love su- you for that i'm like such a cunty like on on the street i am like so mad at people standing in the <laughs> middle of the sidewalk like i am constantly being extreme now, i wouldn't say rude because i think those people are being rude to begin with yes <laughs> but i'm not like out there being joyful and no, polite i like walk the thing i most often say in public is like why are you standing there? <laughs> and I feel like I can't, you know what I mean? If I, if if I want to feel comfortable being myself out there, I can't be afraid yeah. that people you are looking a, at me. You well, you have to, like, I ha- like, I don't know if everyone did this, but I really felt like I do have to make peace with all of the things that everyone is going to see about me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had to accept that, like, before going in. Right. Just to be, like, like, you kind of do have to, like, let it, all out on the table and like because you again you are living you're still living your life mm-hmm. and so you're like still you can't yourself live your life trying to like censor yourself every day and like hide certain things about yourself 
some people also like again talking like weird like big brother game theory and stuff where they talked about being open with people very early on about a bunch of faults so that way when something inevitably does happen they'll be like oh she said this happens sometimes yeah <laughs> well that's <laughs> you know, smart you know and then they'll be like but versus it comes out of nowhere they're like i would have never expected exactly. it from her that's you not know? a good thing and, 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 and for those people it feels like a betrayal but it's like yeah. you just being yeah. very much yourself yeah, in this exactly. situation that's it. Yeah. but if you like if you're if you let people know about it being like yeah, oh, yeah sometimes i just get super mad about yeah. it then yeah. all of a sudden you're like oh like she's can yeah. occasionally explode yeah. as exactly. as friendly as she normally is. Whereas if you don't give them that, and then suddenly it slips, then they'll be like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, you know, like, yeah, was she lying to us the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> and then they'll start getting in their head and, and totally. all that. But yeah, there was like this whole thing of like, yeah, like tell people your absolutely negative traits early. Yeah. So then if it, if it only comes up in a month or now, it comes up in a month or now. But also just for like, your own comfort level. To yeah. Like, so you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just, trying to be friendly, but exactly. But also <laughs> just to be like. You know, like, when I went into the house, like, no one knew who I was, like, so, like, and I felt it was, like, important to explain, like, how I identify, so, like, that could be, like, understood and respected in the house, and mm-hmm. I was really paranoid and scared about that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like, imagine if I'm living in a house with, like, people who are, like, bullying me, like, yeah. what the hell would that be like, yeah. you know, because I didn't know anyone, well, except for, uh, like, two comedians who were on there, but, like, you know, it's like, I'm gonna be living my life with you people, mm-hmm. and, like, it was really for my own feeling of safety to just like, you know, just Mm -hmm. like the first night, just like explain everything to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's something also that I, I feel like watching the Quebec version, watching the Canadian version. And like, there's like a general level of acceptance. I think that we have culturally that like every now and then when I watch the American one, like people will be like, like not even just like we're talking about like, gender and sexuality yeah what do you mean you don't believe in the christian god right and it's like an argument and you're like oh what is happening like i don't i would be like how like this person cares so deeply about this thing that i do not care about at all you know where it's just sort of like there's like oh yeah america is you have a person from new york city talking to a person from mississippi about god (laughs) you know and you're like "Uh oh (laughs) you know like that that conversation can get like wildly uncomfortable That's in a way true. that not to say it can't happen in Quebec or Canada, but like, I feel that you're less likely to maybe well, I had Francophone friends who were it. really worried because there's not a whole lot of trans representation in Quebec media mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't really say this with like any sense of pride, but like, I am like the, tr- like the trans person in Quebec TV who has been on Quebec TV the most, mm-hmm. like, which is nuts. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. really nuts. And like, I, I had, I mean, they didn't let You don't want to be the first. You don't want to be the first. You are, so hooray. But, like, but yeah, it's just, I had friends that were, like, worried. I mean, mean, honestly, I I was kind of worried about that. Yeah, like, the trolls coming out, you know, and, like, just the hate that can spread so quickly Mm -hmm. online and on social media. But luckily, I didn't face any of that. And, like, it was really the opposite. Like, I got, like, hundreds of messages from people either telling me that they themselves or, like, their dad or their brother were, like, kind of transphobic but then like fell in love with me and like cried when I left and like now their whole view of everything has changed like that's amazing that is yeah because I was I was like I feel like in the house hopefully everyone 
at least has like the good sense to not be completely heinous. Yeah. Like I, I, that's not the best, that's not the best reason to not treat yeah. someone horribly, but I but would at hope, least. but I was like, I feel like the masses, I don't I know, know what the masses are going to do. And <laughs> I, I would know. like, you Gotta know, when there were posts the on Facebook, I was like very like apprehensive about looking at the comments, <laughs> I know. but I was, uh, I like, I saw that too. I was like, Oh, people are fine. Yeah. People are like, you know Especially what I mean? Like if you're watching the show, because it is so much exposure. Yeah, you right. Just where get it's to like know someone. exactly, it's not just like watching five minutes of you doing stand up or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could just form opinions about her jokes or whatever. Yeah, you know, like, but you're like, oh no, I'm getting to see you as exactly. a person, and it's like, and they don't have someone like, because sometimes, and I know that I'm guilty of this too. It's like you just want people to understand, like why are you such a bigoted asshole? Like, can you just stop? Like, why are you racist? Why are you homophobic? Why are you transphobic? None of this makes sense. None of this hate makes sense. Yeah. But like, no matter how much you explain it to them or even get mad at them, like it never sinks through. Yeah. But when they just sort of organically get to know a person, you're you're, you're now just a figure in the entertainment. Exactly. And I think that's where like real change can actually happen in people's thinking. And that's ultimately why like representation matters. It's because like in sharing stories and like in just getting to know people like everything can change yeah. mm-hmm. well, I, I was reading this article this was like years back or whatever where they were like uh like will and grace was like the first time on a regular basis like 80 percent of americans saw a yeah. gay character and i was like oh yeah i guess so like, like you I, know, know. I, I was like it wasn't that great of a show it wasn't <laughs> And but it was but, long-standing, beloved, whatever, and like you had people who were watching it for the comedy. Exactly, mm-hmm. and at that time it did do a lot, you yeah. know. But yeah, I agree. And like I watched to love it at the time. Those people, yeah. Yeah, mm. and like, yeah, it was. It wasn't the best show, <laughs> definitely not. And like, but you go back and you see everything that's wrong with it now, like everything from that time period. But like at that moment in time, like that was really important. Yeah, it, it wasn't just, it, it, it wasn't just like a gay character. No. It was a gay main character. Exactly. going to be there every week. Exactly. And be gay every week and yeah. have challenges that are not just about being a gay man. Exactly. You know, so it's like, and you get to like relate on yeah. like sometimes exactly. just shopping for something. You know, and it was just like, that was like, the Sometimes amount- his briefcase falls apart when he's <laughs> going to go be a lawyer. We've all been there. You know? <laughs> no, but yeah, but that's what they were saying is like, and you're like the amount of people, especially in like the nineties and stuff, you're like how, when you, when you say representation matters, just, I was like, Oh right. There had never been a sitcom that like long running and beloved with a gay main character. No. So this is like for people in the middle of America in a small town, whatever. This is their first, like, exactly. real-world introduction. Not real-world because it's a dumb scripted sitcom, but, like, yeah, this is the first gay man that they're watching do anything. Yeah, and I know <laughs> from know? so many of the messages that I received that, like, for a lot of people, it was their first time. It's so weird, but, like, seeing a trans person, like, seeing, like, an animal at the zoo that you've <laughs> yeah, never seen it's, before. Yeah, yeah. It didn't help that you happened to be locked in a house with a thousand cameras. Yeah, it's always a weird thing when people like share that with you. Like you can kind of keep that information to yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's great that like. You're like, excuse but me, it's where did kind you, sometimes it's a bit weird. Where to, did like, you grow up exactly? This is <laughs> I know it seems it seems like hard to imagine, but I, especially with the internet now, because even if you are sort of in the middle of nowhere, the fact that I know. you wouldn't have been put in, in touch with this reality, but, but it, we're but all it in is our the bubbles. case. Yeah, it is yeah, the case. Like, a lot of people exactly, just like have not. Our you know, internet, like yeah, is it's not, not everyone. It's not the internet. Not the yeah, internet, absolutely. Yeah, that made me just have like this weird flash thought of like Sarah and I rented an Airbnb like a year or two ago and it was like you just like you logged into the, like the Airbnb's Netflix okay so it was just like it was like the Netflix guest account so you just like you log in you're like uh 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> like seeing all the other... I, I, mean, I didn't even know this side of Netflix existed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. It was like a bunch of like war documentaries yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, what is, this, I know. what is this Netflix? I was like, where's my shows? And you have to like yeah. go in and like... And it's not necessarily a good thing yeah. that we're all living in these bubbles and there's no longer like a collective reality. No, be, well, because also the, the internet very much like is is spoken of and in like in a way i mean it's not anything that can advertise itself but as much as it can like it it, it does advertise itself as being collective exactly as but being, it's like really it's not. the thing that breaks the most barriers or whatever like you can't you know what i mean like you can yeah, then, watch tv that, from everywhere but it's it's so though, vast that exactly. if anything there's so many more communities but we're all sort of under the impression exactly that and, this is we're all looking at the same thing and we're AI really algorithms not that are just giving you exactly the stuff that you want to see yeah yeah like, and very much much keeping other things away and like and exactly the same for which is someone not a good else thing. and like yeah. i remember like you know like i feel you guys don't have a ton of action figures in your instagram ads i get like nothing but action figures oh i might like get plastic a collectibles <laughs> maybe um, exactly i was like china's a bit of a pop culture junkie yeah yeah, so, yeah. i do like toys yeah that's um, it. Sarah's like how do you get these things i'm like because it knows what i'm doing exactly <laughs> it does <laughs> yeah but, but like when i was a kid like i was as familiar with the songs that i hated as i was with the songs that i loved and yeah. i'm like kind of grateful for that mm-hmm. you know that like in like having to sit and watch much music for like five hours just to see the one video that i wanted to see i was exposed to so much stuff that like, like you knew nickelback sucked exactly <laughs> but, but like, you also discovered plenty of things you probably exactly, loved that you never exactly. would have found yeah. and i feel like that's what I hate about like the algorithm just always giving me like what I want is that like I want to get like the full picture, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that I think is probably the the single most scary thing in the world when they talk about like that that the different internet that obviously already exists on Facebook, YouTube, and whatever. But then like someone was just like hypothesizing, you're like, what if that gets into Wikipedia? And I was like, oh, what? Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what if the algorithm's like, uh, yeah, here's your yeah. Wikipedia page on the January 6th riots and here's your yeah, exactly. Wikipedia it's page of the January 6th riots and you're like that's oh, very these scary are, these are different collections of yeah that's ideas. Very scary. How, how do we think this would all like pertain to like the singularity you know like we're getting like science fiction I <laughs> yeah. feel like a lot of, I, fe- I feel like a lot of people see the internet as sort of like a precursor to that mm-hmm. but I think if we did all have our like consciousnesses like uh, linked, it wouldn't last exactly because of this. Because I think we're like prone to factions. Yeah, no matter how mu- how like connected we are, I think the singularity would like would still like radicalize. Right. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't think I think we'd re- like there'd be so many people getting rejected out of the singularity. Yeah, exactly. The singularity would right. then just become like sort of like one big thing, but not all the not all yeah. of it. I feel yeah. like that you could you probably could find like quadrant lumps. Maybe there needs to be like. <laughs> For they wouldn't be singularities, but like yeah. quadrilarities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something to be like, I'm I'm getting out of this one and into the other one because my quadrilarities bigoted and shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. um, Ines is getting up, which is a bad time for me to segue into Comedy Night in Canada <laughs> with Rick Mercer because she's on it. Uh, yeah, no. Um, obviously, want to talk about that because it's. You, your episodes haven't been on yet. Or are they on I tonight? know that I'm going to be the last episode. Okay, I was going to so say sometime in November. Okay, that's I don't remember the exact. I know date. neither of you have been in the first two. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm October twenty fifth. October twenty fifth. I can 25th. tell you that so much. I'm November something. I'm the last episode of the season. Oh, cool. Closer. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Uh, so yeah, how like I when we talked about 
that, like the beginning, way back, way back before all the Big Brother singularity talk, <laughs> we talked about <laughs> the Canadian comedy scene. Yeah. And obviously, first of all, Rick Mercer is like one of, the, I think, the few, like, Canadian. He is the John Mulaney of Canada. No, but I'm just <laughs> saying that, like, he's. I think he's one of the few Canadian comedians who's gotten big in Canada without having to go to the states. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's absolutely. not like a Michael Myers or a Jim Carrey yeah. or whatever. But like, he's like, no, Rick Mercer is someone everybody knows back to front in Canadian comedy and hasn't done it by going to the states. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. So, mm-hmm. first of all, attached a huge name attached, and second of all, I think this is like a. It's an like obviously. Great exposure for Canadian comedians. But also, I was trying to think. I was like, have we had a stand-up show that was not attached to Just for Laughs on Canadian television? But this is a Just this for Laughs production. I know, I know it's attached. <laughs> but I'm just saying. But it's not like it's on, on Comedy Central. It's on CBC. Y- yeah, it's on it's CBC. It's all like yeah. exactly like I know it's everything is attached to Just for Laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> but I'm just saying. But it wasn't like. But it's not like Just for Laughs gags exactly, or whatever. Or like yeah, it's not yeah. just like a taping of a gala or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like. This other thing that is like happening weekly yeah. on CBC, it just like exposing Canadian like stand-up Yeah, I hope comics. people are like, actually watching. I, I mean, <laughs> one would hope. And again, like, but I'm just saying. I'm like, I like we were talking about on the other show. Have you ever, guys ever heard of Bert Sugarman's Midnight Special? It sounds familiar. Yeah, this is like a weird deep cut. It was like the it was. Kind of, I think another network sort of answer to Saturday Night Live. Okay, but it was just like. It was just bands performing and, like, stand-ups performing. Okay. And there was no real, like, connection through line. But, like, you could just be like, okay, let's watch, like, Jefferson Starship. And then, you know, George Carlin doing okay. some stand-up. And I was like, it's so weird because I was like, I don't think a ton of those opportunities exist. And, like, you would think that CBC, as a publicly funded, you know, like, national broadcaster, would be like, hey, we're the people who could put Canadian stand-up yeah. on a weekly. Like, I mean, it's weird that... This is the first time in recent memory that I can think of that we had the CBC putting on Canadian stand-ups. That's cool. I didn't like, know that. Like, I don't know if it's the first, but I'm just saying it, was like, it wasn't something that happened a lot when I was a kid. It was always you'd watch the Just for Laughs stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe there'll be more of this, I guess, is my... It's because like stand-up doesn't get... like it, And it like, legitimately, like on paper, get considered an art form. You know? Like, there are, like we can't apply to gr- Canadian... I think that changed recently. But it had like it had to be like really like heavily like yes. uh, fought for. But yeah, like, yeah, and you know, it, like literally like like happened arts this year. grants. <laughs> like you can't you couldn't apply, I guess, like for for certain grants like that were just sort of like generally open ended yeah. arts ones. I'm not even a hundred percent sure you can. I know that you can for the Quebec grants. Mm-hmm. I know that now comedy is recognized, but I'm not even sure. Yeah, which is like insane. And it's, but I think like you know that's sort of like reflective of people's and like and a lot of institutions. Like, yeah, uh, we're the most looked down upon. And, and, and it might not even form. be it like, might not even be like a conscious of it's not like the CBC had a policy where they were like stand up is trash and we don't want to like <laughs> we don't want to like highlight it. But if, if like, you know, if they had a sort of um, if there was any spirit of being like, oh, yeah, we should be the place where like Canadian creativity and Canadian like writing and film and yeah. all that should be broadcast where like stand up just might not in any of those people's minds have been part of that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just like sort of been like very much like under the shadow this, of like, like the quote unquote real performance arts, you yeah. know? Which I also think is not just applying to stand up, but like you also have like the double neg double hit against you of being Canadian. Right? Where it's like forever 
growing up, you're like, oh, like Canadian art is like less than. I know. We're always not like, taught that, but like it's ingrained. Yeah. And I think there's a couple things. I think musically and stuff, we've there's obviously been there's a couple of breakout bands or whatever. I no, think, musically, Canada's fucking amazing. Yeah. But there's still the like, you have to. Yes. Bi- you still have to go break. You have to get US. big in the States. Yes, exactly. And then that's, come back. That, that's Absolutely. it. It's like, you, yes. like there's, I don't know if there's any like self contained canadian bands yeah i know you're right like and and a lot of those bands like the the bigger like a lot of american people don't know that these bands are canadian to begin with i think celine because she's francophone it's hard to escape that fact about like if you know anything about her you have to know she's Quebecois. but like i don't know if people know that simple plan is you know if they know that arcade fire like all these bands that, that are like hugely popular yeah I'm I like they just don't know where from, but it would never occur to them that they came from Canada. I, but, I yeah. but I think, but in the last couple of years, though, like the thing that like jumped to mind was both like like Schitt's Creek and Letterkenny, which yeah, were like but Schitt's Creek also like deliberately. There's nothing identifiably Canadian in the show, except for like the entire cast and all. The, I know, yeah, but, but, like, that they all speak. but that's not but, the no, same but, thing. But, no, though. but the thing is, but both both Letterkenny and Schitt's Creek were Canadian productions that aired here before yes. they got big. Like, w- they were not necessarily, like, created... Yes, they're Canadian creations. And Letterkenny's particularly Canadian, like... But, like, that they started here. Yeah. And they weren't necessarily, like, oh, it just happened to be a Canadian that got picked up by an American studio, and it happens to be a Canadian. It's not like... I'm, like, I don't think Shrek is a Canadian film because it stars Mike Myers, you know? Right. Like, like, whereas I'm, like, both Schitt's Creek and Letterkenny, like... Yeah, yeah, they're like, Canadian productions. And and I guess I'm, prior to that, like, there was Trailer Park Boys. And Degrassi. And Degrassi, obviously. But I don't necessarily know if Degrassi necessarily it broke, was, broke out of Canada that much. Well, the sec- the next generation. Oh, okay. Like the, the, one, the, pop- one the one with Drake. Drake yeah. yeah. The one with that Drake. That was popular in the States. Okay. I, Not, I just like, feel like, astronomically popular, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. big enough. Yeah. I think I do get, though, I, I don't know if this is exactly what you meant, but, like, Schitt's Creek... It it does seem almost like it was written with the potential in mind for it to break the United States so. and therefore mm-hmm. like made less like it it, it isn't like because I know people who worked very, on the show that yeah like, they like, could not like that's why it doesn't take place in a identifiable town with a real name and there's no like Tim Hortons exactly there's no, there's you know no, yeah, yeah. there's not, it's not corner gas is what no it's saying. not <laughs> it's not like made to make an, a Canadian audience laugh and sure if you're American and you <coughs> exactly. happen to like it great it's yeah. like made sort of it would be the kind of show that Canadians would like because Americans made it. And it just so happens that it's the other way yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. but, but at the same time, uh, what I'm talking about though, is that like, at least, but like the quality of like the comedy, the production, whatever was indecipherable. It, what, you weren't, like, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't really don't think it is. I think to me, it's like, it kind of reads Canadian despite all those efforts made for it not to. Um, here, I, here, I have a really like a theory. Like I enjoy it, but like, I don't think it was, that amazing all no, those I emmys agree. say otherwise. I, I know well that doesn't like, mean anything no, yeah also, that no. happens and and listen i liked it and i watched it through the pandemic i binged it and i came to yeah, like I it liked but it. it was i thought it's it very could broad. have been a lot better like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's very very broad like it's, it's attracting a broad audience but sure. that's the but that's like that's how you know that's one of the biggest <laughs> lessons that i learned like getting into comedy like very naively like having just even no despite being, like, so pop culture obsessed, like, 
not knowing what this industry is like from the inside mm. out, you know? And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that, like, do not underestimate the appeal of beige. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that is, like, the biggest demographic. And, mm-hmm. like, that's what most people trying to make money are trying to appeal to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which is sad. Um and I think that it sort of becomes this vicious cycle because, like, the money-making people in charge assume that their audiences are kind of, like, can't handle things that are mm-hmm. more outside the box, but it's not true. It's just that they haven't been exposed to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes this, like, vicious cycle of, like, the higher-ups assuming that the audience isn't going to like something and because the audience never sees it, that they only like what they're given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they don't know. They don't, they don't know, know there's more out there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, this is nerdy as hell, but it's, like... The, like, I have recently been, like, really, like, weirdly, like, struggling. <laughs> this is super nerdy. But, like, struggling with the fact that I'm, like, I still watch all the MCU movies, even though they're, like, garbage town. Mm. Because, like, they come from comics, and comics were traditionally the place where a lot of writers could take risks. Right, Because you're, yeah. like, it was a small audience, and, oh, yeah. if you screwed it up real hard, you just fix it next month, and it doesn't matter. Right. Like, like, so there were a lot of risks taken, even with, like, identifiable characters and stuff. Yeah. But then the movies are so much bigger and so much more, like, paint-by-numbers. Yeah. Like, like, and you said beige. You're, like, oh, yeah, this is the same thing. Yeah. Again. Exactly. Like, even, even watching, like, the, the two newer, like, 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 let's appeal to different audience, like the Miss Marvel stuff and the She-Hulk stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is like, I want to enjoy the fact that there's like a, the first young Muslim hero yeah. is a cool thing. But I'm like, but you just kind of like happen to have a young Muslim girl having Spider-Man story is really what the show ends up being. Right. And then She-Hulk, I was like, is not as funny as it could be. And yeah. like, and I was like, man, this is such a bummer. But I was like, oh yeah. Cause they're pain- like their target is the broadest I know. possible audience but people don't understand that like they're the universal still emerges from the specific mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you can tell very specific stories and there will be if it's good there will be a universal appeal yeah mm-hmm. you know that's the yeah. thing that i think is sad and like about starting off so broadly with like film and television like that to me is the, really the wrong approach because at the end of the day that doesn't really give anyone anything yeah well and i know? find it's, it's doubly crazy because i mean especially if you look at like the stuff that like has blown people's minds recently like like the two movies that pop to mind would be like parasite yeah obviously it was like one people were like yeah like explode everywhere yeah. and then uh, everything everywhere yeah. all at once mm-hmm. Is also like you're like yeah. this is like nothing you've ever seen, yeah. And people are like, this is so crazy, and you're like, yeah, because it was uh, two people who just did what they wanted to yeah. do with very little oversight, and that's why it's blowing everybody's mind. Is because there wasn't like a batch of executives being like, exactly. Well, maybe uh, Michelle Yeoh doesn't have hot dog fingers, and you're like, nope, she does. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> it would like, not have been the same movie if there were no <laughs> hot dog fingers. Yeah, and like both what you said is like. And all of a sudden, a bunch of people want to see this movie, exactly. even though like there's a million things in it that would never get by in a in a like Hollywood production. Exactly, but that's why I wish that like in general that people would stop underestimating the audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. like really yeah. stop underestimating the audience. But then like it keeps happening because I feel like the internet was another case where people were just like, you can make whatever you want, and like someone might be looking, someone might not. You're doing this because you want to, yeah. and then. It turns out people made all sorts of weird things and people did love it. And then there was no network or advertisers yeah. telling them like, no, you have to make it more like this and less yeah. like that and longer and shorter. And like, 
appeal to kids and it was and it was wonderful and then it became exactly like exactly that. there were advertisers saying you can't say this you yeah. can't show that there were like you know or, like or, well, th- or it was even like less like overt and there was just like you start creating your art trying to attract a computer algorithm's attention yeah exactly <laughs> which is even or, like more insane even, you know, there you isn't even like a weird executive telling you not to do you're like no i'm bending over backwards and manipulating my art to try to appeal to a computer algorithm yeah. to yeah. put me to the front and you're like that's an even exactly. more insane or, or you yeah. can you know do it to yourself i think plenty of people who got big enough suddenly did want to appeal to everyone who was suddenly watching and then, yeah. and then perhaps lost themselves in it like absolutely but it's like a very natural th- i mean i don't think it's natural as an of nature but it is natural to our society at least the way it works that we can't <laughs> seem to let that sort of process happen organically yeah. and then yeah. like let the people make their weird shit and exactly. then let the people who like that weird shit like get more of it exactly. and then, you know like but i don't know it'll so, find a way art will yeah. always find a way exactly. folks it found its way to rick mercer's <laughs> that i was gonna say it sure oh, did there's a lot of art <laughs> trying to brought a lot it back of art in there <laughs> uh yeah no i was gonna say like uh for both of you like was like I know you have spoken a little bit about having to at least debrandify your comedy, but was that like the only censorship that you had or like, yeah. And you I, had a brand and in I've, one of the jokes. Yeah. Like I, I talk about like diva cups yeah. in mm-hmm. my thing. And then I don't think I was even like told completely explicitly to change that, but like we did get some like guidelines for like making things more sort of like suited for TV or that was even before for like the album recording. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense that I would change this to just like the generic name for it because that also makes it like a better, like more long lasting concept. Until you're sponsored by Diva Cup. Well, I don't know. I don't think (laughs) (laughs) I speak that fondly of them. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, it's like, I feel like I'm not like a great subject Although uh, certainly there's plenty of things to like to, to to censor for my thing, like it's it's a whole thing about periods, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure I could have been told that that's like not you know like appropriate and that that's like sort of like dirty and that like I if I mention the word vagina that's not gonna go like certainly there are things to censor. Like I but think I like, feel yeah, like, like I feel the like kind like of 10, things. 15 years ago, absolutely they'd be like what? Yeah, but I feel like the <laughs> things they might have tackled and I never would have heard about because I'm not that kind of comic is like more like insulty things mm-hmm, or yeah. or God knows what I don't know you know like that's yeah. just like not my like vibe but like but I, I think they're also just worried about being sued like yeah it's yeah, like a legitimate concern yeah, like yeah a, bra- a brand so censorship some, is not a content yeah some, something right, like a brand and i'm like and it doesn't affect anything like i wasn't told to change my joke because it would like disparage yeah. this brand it was just like not mentioning brands is a better idea for this to get yeah, played yeah, later yeah, on totally. and i was like sure and i'm gonna keep talking about the thing i'm talking about um and i like don't make offensive jokes and i don't yeah. make edgy like i don't have an edgy sense of humor and i'm not like out here unless like challenging challenging the trans community for like free speech you well, know yeah, no, so you're not doing yeah. that. that's true um so i don't know like so i don't i don't know what like someone's like i feel like there are people who might have considered themselves like like bound and censored through oh. this process, but I feel like they were pretty open to us doing Me what too. we do. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So how was the process? I remember you were very like, they, they flew you out, they drove mm-hmm. you up. Yeah. It was like, nice. Mm-hmm. It was like the star treatment. Ooh. Yeah. And it was like during like one of the like early, but still bad waves of the pandemic, you know, there was still like a lot of protocol stuff in place, but it, yeah. I think for a lot of us, it was our first time like doing a big show again. And that For felt sure. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was like, 
like it was like a nice big theater but they could only have like a certain amount that of people that was the one part it. that i didn't like so then that was you know what i mean like there were still ways in which the pandemic was sort of Affecting like slowing it, it yeah, down exactly. like it, it you know i'm sure they could have like filled out that theater but um but, that's, but that's you know it was thing. full quote unquote but it wasn't full and mm, it was but it was still exact- like great like the room still felt great like mm. uh I don't know if it felt if the room felt like super great for me. <laughs> I did feel like there's something about being in a really big space that's not full. That yeah. is like a bit strange. Was that did they, did they like they pack it to the front? I mean, I don't. No, wanna, no, I don't no, because they couldn't. They had, they to, had to like, like space people, people out. Okay. So then it it looked like what traditionally it would look like if a show just didn't sell that exactly. well. Exactly. And you would yeah. be like, oh, people are sort of also they're scattered because yeah. no one told and them I to feel sit like close it's to the front. To, but that's not what happened. It's hard to feel an energy. Yeah, like it's the certainly. room swallows up when and, it's not and, full. And people get kind of tense about laughing exactly. when they're when they're alone. But I like I don't know. I felt like by the end of it, it's sort of like yeah, it I, was. I like I guess I think I was like more afraid of what that would be like to perform. To I'm trying than to think of the crowd the crowd shots that they've had in the episodes, and I th- and like I'm trying to remember like they're very tight. Yeah, I'm sure they would. Be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they would have to be. Like, you yeah. know, like, like, they would have like, to like, be. Like, yeah. look at these two people having a tremendous time. But I yeah. just, just like, like, I hope they like <laughs> boosted up the sound on the audience, but added oh, like a little I'm, extra I'm tracks. Oh, I'm sure they. I'm sure they. Pipe, they pipe did. in some I think laughs. they do that. No, I mean, they do that all the time. Of course. Yeah, they yeah. do that Every even single... when it's like a packed room and yes, everything. Yes, exactly. But, um... So I, I just hope that they did that because they said they were going to do that for our Montreal for album the discovery recording. and like it sounds pretty sparse <laughs> uh, yeah I, well we maybe and we had that joke, we so had that know. one like show also that wasn't it was like videotaped not like not for the album but like just the yes Sufa exactly show. for th- and that was actually the, a pretty full room and yeah people, and the audience was amazing that the you audience can't even loved hear them. the audience loved all of us yes yeah, but the, I the know for a went. fact that like they told that they did not record the audience yeah. oh, no. so then the audio for the audience is like and like there's shots of people laughing but the you audio really is like them. is is made up and they didn't even make it sound like it they didn't sounds even make it loud enough. it sounds like if you watch our little recordings from that show which was like sort of the least big thing out of all of this so i guess you know it was just like on instagram kind yeah, of not, yeah, no no hate to like i love doing that but yeah no it's <laughs> like it seems like we all bombed and exactly. that's why they had to add a laugh track and it would like they couldn't even make it convincing but because there's something that just doesn't sound organic about it so even though we all every last one of us everyone even though i don't like necessarily think everyone you know they're not all my style of comedy but i know for a fact everyone there yeah. killed that yeah. night it was a and then really they got zero percent of that sound <laughs> on track i was like why would you why oh would you god it was it so way? frustrating oh that's very funny yeah. yeah i love like there's there's a couple on some of the montreal recordings and also on some other people's album recordings and it's just like it's very fun and oh on one of i think it's moshe Cashers, one of his jfl specials also it's sarah has one of the most piercing laughs like in history that it's like there's like a number of specials and recordings where you just hear her like ha ha like just like scream <laughs> oh laughing. and you know that it's her that's and you funny. and you just like know that it's her it's like yeah it's just like it's very funny for like like listening back yeah. to any of the shows that we were at you're just sort of like oh there's the audience laughing and then just sarah like scream laughing that's amazing yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere Spe- really- speaking though of those record like of course that would be like you know like recording a net like a one hour netflix special is very different than like than like mm-hmm. a like a smaller set for something mm-hmm. like yeah. the rick mercer show but that is something i appreciated because i have been like an audience member at that type of big recording mm-hmm. and like there's a lot like sometimes they stop and start because the yeah. lighting wasn't right and like they didn't catch the entrance so then there's like you know like the show doesn't necessarily get to flow through the yeah, way yeah. stand-up id 
really does. Yeah. And I did appreciate that about the Rick Mercer show is that once the show got rolling, it was very much like a normal show. Yeah. Rick would go out and he would introduce us and we'd come out yeah. and we'd do a normal set and there was no like, oh, wait, the mic didn't whatever. Like it was very smooth yeah. and like because that that's like very like the momentum and the and For the sure. sort of like the organic laugh and the and the timing of everything is so important that it's hard to like work around like filming something yeah but that was like very much like hands off yeah and that like felt nice about that also the set design was stunning oh yeah yeah, yeah. the photos look great because the background is just beautiful yeah but and they like did like such a beautiful job seriously like i was like blown away it really has this like almost like 70s variety show mm -hmm. feel to it, but it's still like really contemporary and sophisticated, like stunning set design. This yeah. is what I'm saying. I want a show where I can watch some of, not to say this is not that, but it's this is the stand-up version. I was like, I want like Canadian bands and Canadian comedians kind of just like going back and forth and yeah. I watch it for like an hour. Put it sat late night Saturday nights on CBC. I know. It right? would be fun to have like an old school variety Like show. Exactly. That's yeah. it. And you don't like all literally all you would need would be. And like it, you could, it can all be taped. Who cares? Where it's like you set up the band. The band plays are set. You cut them to three songs. You set up the comedian. Comedian does their thing. Cut them to like their seven to ten. Yeah. And then you just do that once a week. And you just put it to an hour-long thing, and it's your Canadian Saturday nights. Well, CBC, get in touch with yeah, Keith, you listen know? listen up. I'll <laughs> produce it, baby. You'll, they'll definitely make you move to Toronto to do that, I think. Uh, I feel that's the thing they will make me move to Toronto for. Um, do you want to do five questions? Let's do five Let's questions. Let's do five questions. I should have looked it up on my phone before I introduced the bit. Five vamp, questions vamp, is the end. Vamp, vamp, <laughs> Wow. So, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I wow. am. Yeah, I'm very excited about yeah. the um, Rick Mercer thing to come out. Me too. Finally. I can't watch. I've. Ha I feel like and you guys recorded this like a well over a year ago. Well over I feel. a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like. You were so like, jazzed for it, and then you're like, "When yeah. are we going to show it?" You're like. I know, and I, and I had no information about You're it, like, and like I had know. told plenty of people that I went, but then there was like, yeah, I, you I, I, I couldn't even be like, well, I think we knew you knew it, it wasn't this year. year. Yeah, yeah, we knew, you that knew that it was. was You're like 2022. Yeah, sometime, and then yeah, but that's like very vague. Exactly. And then I really, truly thought at one point I was like. Because when did we film it? They might have archived that. I, I Summer think it was like yeah, late August, early September, yeah. something like that. So like just we were, we were just out, over a year ago. Yeah, it was like uh, like warm enough that we were like standing around outside. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it. nice there. <laughs> I remember it was warm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Do you have your phone with you? Um, I do. Okay, I was going No, I, I, I don't. I don't. Okay, sorry. well here, I'll just we'll sh I'll show you the questions. Okay. On the thing. I was going to text them to you. Um, so, yeah, so you've done the show before. I just remembered I'm supposed to have five questions. No, 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 no. You need, no, no. You need oh. to think just of one. one. Oh, just one. Yeah, you have God, to put okay. one in the back of your mind. <laughs> oh, thank God. Work, work, on, work on the one. Okay. Uh, the questions that we asked you years and years ago have obviously changed. Um, so there's a brand new questions. Okay. So we ask you three questions that are the same every episode. Okay. Then we ask you one question that is from our previous guest. Okay. And then the last question is, what question do you want to ask to our future guest? Okay, perfect. So that that's you have that one in the back. Uh, so how does it make sense? Yeah, you need to start. Okay. So. Okay. So uh, question number one. <laughs> what is your hottest take? On what? No, on anything. The, I, well, okay, I like I add usually like of the moment. Oh like, yeah, you know, or like yeah, whatever yeah, comes yeah, to like mind. You, you, yeah, exactly. That's like, it. Like so, like a hot like when we ask the question, you don't need to be like my hottest all time take. Oh my god. <laughs> just, okay. 
Well, my hottest take of the moment, I guess, is sort of related to, I just feel like I've been seeing like nonstop stories about famous men cheating on their wives who've recently given birth to their children. Mm -hmm. And that fucking needs to stop. And like, I really don't understand how like any cis straight woman trusts a man, seriously. Like when you see all of these guys and like, wow, wow, wow. But like, I just like, it's unreal. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is just like, obviously this goes on in in real life too, but like the entitlement of like rich, famous men. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, like straight men, not that they need defending, but I feel that when you add like, rich yeah <laughs> like rich but rich it's like, straight but it's men all these like, men oh, who like claim to like be such family men yeah you know yeah like just own what you are and like stop like you know what here's to tie this back to the previous conversation i think that it's because they're trying to be beige like i think that like we haven't had a lot of like bad boy like musicians or movie it's stars true. because everybody's like oh no i need to be I know. like i need to appeal to middle america so i need to be a family man i need to be whatever yeah so that's I was a like, good point there's definitely like, yeah how many celebrities are leaning into like the bad boy fuck you i don't care like yeah no that's a really good yeah. point yeah but I, like, maybe I they should feel be. like a lot of them are like the public personas that they have these like they have these like badass like wives and then they're like oh like I, you know what i mean like me and the strong woman were like a power couple yeah. and i admire her and i know that she's like either more popular or more successful or more talented or more good looking than yeah. me and i'm like yeah put her up on a pedestal but all they want to do is feel like they are exactly. so then they go out and like cheat with whoever just because they want to feel I like know. such a big deal exactly you, know? you can't tell me adam levine is discerning about who he's having sex with exactly well, well no that's <laughs> that's exactly what i'm saying but, also, but his wife is a victoria's secret yeah. model like yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's not it's about cle- that it's clearly not that they're like god i really need to like you know what i mean know, like i feel like this idea that like you're that you, oh your wife gave birth and she's not hot anymore it's like it's not that jay-z doesn't need someone hotter than beyonce yeah, and he's exactly. not going out and getting someone hotter than beyonce <laughs> exactly. he's just like i need to stop feeling like not even inferior but like like they truly i think do not like feeling like equals in their relationship yeah, they're I can like i they like need a bit of the old-fashioned power i think you're and they're like totally i'm a famous right. guy and this like instagram model is probably gonna like be a little flustered that i'm like talking to her or yeah whatever, you know exactly. like they, they like that i think mm-hmm. yeah anyway. but it's just nuts like i just all these stories, like Shakira's partner and like... Oh, no. God, and like his, like the woman that he like cheated on Shakira with and then left her for, like, it looks like a hot mess. <laughs> she looks like a Kmart version of Shakira. But now and he's got the upper hand again. I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just Tati dressed as Shakira. <laughs> Did you see the first episode of season two? No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ta- okay. But like, it's pathetic. Honestly, it's pathetic. Yeah, sorry. I just had a, like a Los Spookies moment where like Tasi shows up just dressed as Shakira. Oh my god! Wait, no, I've seen <laughs> like a screenshot of. Do you watch Los Spookies? I saw the first season. Okay, so well, second season anyway. just started, okay. and and Tasi dressed as Shakira is like spoiler I, alert. I literally, guys. I was like, I had to watch it like twice. Okay, that's like, amazing. She's she's probably like it's a great show, but like she's like a highlight in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like her like. Yeah, her just walking out as Shakira <laughs> is the greatest thing in the world. But yeah, no, I, I think yeah, it's all about that upper hand. I would agree. I would. I would tend to just be uh, also like. And here's the thing. But like, when so here's a, this is and this is like like to zoom even further back. I would argue, celebrities shouldn't be allowed to be monogamous. Like that's an insane thing. 
Like, well, maybe monogamy in general is an insane thing, but that's like a whole other. Yeah, that that's a whole, like that's my hot take. Monogamy may be insane, but you always choose to sign up for it. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. It's we, especially if you're like the ultra rich and powerful. You don't. You can't tell me like oh, you, no, no, whatever. No, no, no. You ch- choose your own path. There's other paths out there for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, but like, oh my god, I would never. Who can? I think just like yeah, like. Like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard or whatever. I was oh, just sort of like, no, yeah, I don't, no, don't want to unpack everything, <laughs> but I was just like, but just like, I was like, oh, this is not a, like, regardless of whatever anything happened, I'm like, oh, this is not a relationship. These are like two insane people, whatever legalities may have been transgressed. But I was like, all of this sounds like the worst. Like, yeah. th- this is not a relationship. You people are not in a relationship. I mean, I maybe even illegal things are happening. Like, these like celebrity couples. I'm like, do you even know? Like, I sometimes I wonder like, Justin Bieber, like, do you even know what Haley's middle name is? <laughs> yeah, like, like, do you know when her birthday is? Yeah, like, what's her downtime? He's like, it's Bieber. It's Bieber. <laughs> Wait, her birthday is Bieber? Yeah, <laughs> that is what he would say, yeah. Everything is Bieber. Yeah, like, what's their downtime like? But yeah, stuff? but that's like, why I don't feel like I'm like, you don't even know each other fully exists. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, you you talk to each other's publicists exactly. about, like, it's what to very, get her I don't believe that these people... And that's Beaver just one day. example, but, like, I don't believe that these celebrity couples in general are really sharing a life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Fuck celebrities. Except for Quebec celebrities. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah. Rana Wintour. laughs> uh, Fuck celebrities, not celebrities. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, who is, like, the slash your star of Sesame Street? Oh, my God. That's a great question. <clears throat> Oof but also hard to answer because I love them all. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd probably have to go with Bird and Ernie. Okay. Well, then if one over the oh. other. No, if they're I, a dude. No, no, you, don't, talk, no we, you don't get to choose just the one. Incidentally, incidentally. So last week's guest uh, said Ernie and Bert. And I was like, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> I was like, that's the wrong order. I said the right order, right? Yeah, yeah, Bert yeah, and yeah, Ernie. Yeah, Bert yeah, and Ernie is, Ernie is, is okay. clearly yeah. the duo. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I just love them. They're so, so adorable. But if you had to, like, you could only roommate with one of them. I mean, I... I They're going through a hard time. I think <laughs> Ernie would be a better roommate, but I do, like, Bert is, like, if I had to... Like, if they were... If I, I think Bert would be a side, I would choose Bert. Bert's I think Bert would also be a better roommate. No, I think Ernie's uptight. <laughs> yeah, but like, do I know the, Ernie would be messy. Yeah, exactly. Bert would do the dishes. Bert would know when the trash take it. But the trash. then he would. But, but he would micromanage really, exactly. your life. Yeah, you know? exactly. Which I, I mean, I he, but like, that. which he do, like, but clearly though, like he tries to do that, and you can push back, and he accepts it because like that's that's the Ernie. Bert and Ernie dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Bert pushing it too far and Ernie being like, hey. Yeah. And then he's but like, that's oh, okay. Think, <laughs> but I think Ernie, like, <laughs> like could just tell him, like, could you please do this? And he'd do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, and, I don't, and I don't think I'm ready to be the Bert Ernie has a lot Bert. Of I don't think I'm ready to sort of, like, for, forgive his. Exactly. His, his <laughs> and I'd rather be, like, the micromanager than the micromanaging. Uh, yeah. Agreed. I feel Bert keeps a real clean house. That's <laughs> he does for sure, <laughs> but at what cost? Yeah, I, I suppose. I, I I don't know. I feel it'd be like a very easy like, you take your space, I take yeah. my space, and whatever. But yeah. yeah, no, Bert has rules that are like on the fridge. Exactly. And <laughs> I can't I can't live like that. <laughs> I can't. And you're just like, if you're gonna bring people over, oh yeah. My God. Can, is is Zelda getting picked up? By the way, <laughs> what? is uh, she getting picked up by the microphone? Oh, she might. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's such loud snores. I this would is, I would divorce her. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I sleep with earplugs for Does she sleep in your room? She yes. sleeps on his head. Yeah, she sleeps oh, on no, my head. Oh no, I wouldn't be able to do that with that level of snoring. Oh, I never sleep. She's she's right? in. I'm a very light sleeper. She's in, I so haven't the the one time I I did and it wasn't that long, but I dated a, a real snorer. I legitimately didn't sleep anytime we shared a bed. I was yeah, like, that's oh, I was I wait was, for the sunrise yeah, and yeah. then carry on with my life. I was so happy. I think like the first time Sarah and I like slept together, and it was like we we're like, oh, we both. We both sleep in mostly silence. I was like, like, what a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, this is beautiful. Like, other than, like, a couple of, like, obviously weird angles and stuff, for the vast majority of the night, neither of us snore. Not like that's, this. That's such a problem. Tiny like Amanda beast. talks, but I just think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it doesn't, like, it's some, it, it has gotten spooky a couple times. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. for, the mo- for the most part, I only hear it if I'm, because she, like, sleeps a little earlier than me, if mm. I'm, like, still awake. And then it's sort of funny because it's nonsense. Yeah. But it would never wake me up. Mm. And it's not, like, there's something about the sort of, like, the constant repetitive, like, droning okay. of, of snoring yeah, yeah. that is, like, what I can't sleep through but like if she like once a night like mumbles something that's yeah yeah yeah, you know that's nothing if it's occasional yeah 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 no she's not like she's not like pontificating for the whole (laughs) night does does amanda ever like fall asleep watching television every time every no matter what time of day (laughs) (laughs) so this is like the one of the best things is when sarah kind of falls asleep watching television for some reason we've been together shit 16 years like you know 15 Anyway, whatever. A, a long time. The numbers of times she's fallen asleep watching TV, countless. Uh, but, like, she will insist that she didn't. And then, like, I will be like, okay, so, like, what's happening in the show then? And she'll fill in the blanks, like, as best she can. But it's also, like, partially dreaming. Yeah. Like, we're watching Severance. And he was sort of like, she's like, <laughs> like, you don't need to know anything about Severance. But what you could know. I was like, so what do you think happened? And he was, she was like. Well, he was going to the Bloomies, but then he didn't get there on time, so <laughs> he didn't make it. And I was like... That's the plot. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, nailed it. That's the show we're watching. He I'm, was going I'm, to the Bloomies. Amanda sometimes does stuff like that, yeah, yeah. too. She's like, they're, they're at a banquet. And I'm like, yeah, they're having dinner. Yeah, that is... <laughs> anyway. All right. Question number three. Mm-hmm. Um, what piece of media has been formative in your life? And I feel oh, like this is like so for you, it's many. endless. It's going like, endless. A, a nightmare. Is, is there like a, but a I'll go with the favorite? Like I'll go with the first like, thing that came to mind, Okay. Um, which is Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good thing. You know, <laughs> um, it was formative, I think, in some like really bad ways, especially because I started watching it. I was so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It really it put was, some stuff in there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it really did, honestly. Like making like just being treated so badly, like romantic. almost glamorous and yeah. romantic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at you big, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P., <laughs> bitch. Um, but yeah, but but beyond like the all the many negative <laughs> qualities of the show and it's aged really badly and, and all of it. But like, there's just something about those four women that I am very attached to. Um, and that I like still go back to over and over and over again. Like I just, I love their chemistry. I just love watching them mm-hmm. be stupid. Yeah, how do, how do you I feel agree. about the reboot? Like, I loved it. Really? Even, I loved even it. with miss like, 
down Kim Cattrall. Like, yeah, well, I was obviously like everyone deeply concerned. Yeah, <laughs> um, like we're losing the best character. Yeah, how is like how is this possible? What is this going to be like? But I I really think they did a good job. Like I never really. I mean, Samantha's kind of included, like, through text messages and Mm -hmm. just, like, talking about her. So it's not like they pretended she didn't exist anymore. Like, her presence is still felt. And I think they handled it really, really Mm -hmm. well. And to me, it still felt very complete. I really... I really didn't feel like I was missing anything. Mm. When I feel sad to say that because I'm like so team Kim Cattrall, but I'm like, <laughs> that's Kim, the thing. Canadians, like, you can just pluck them out and no one notices. Exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> but like, that's why, like, sometimes you can't be like too precious about what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, most of the time, like, they'll I mean, find the a show, way. They'll find a way. Like, the yeah. show, there's, the show will go on without, yeah. you, yeah. Know, you know, True. Um, like Maude Flanders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. for all again with all its flaws and everything, but like I think a lot of people had a hard time with like how many like cringy moments there are. But like I feel like those were very deliberate. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to put these characters. These women these are very, learning. Yes, and, but like <laughs> and it is freak to watch like a bunch of rich white women who've never really had to deal with reality suddenly start to deal with some realities. Mm-hmm. Like that's fun. Yeah, I think that it's is interesting. I mean, I haven't seen that much of the reboot and I've like seen a lot of the original show by like completely out of order right. those reruns and like I also loved it in its own way, but Yeah. But I do think it was like I think a lot of people have a hard time letting go of like maybe what they enjoyed about the show was that these women's like hardest problems are like yeah. someone stealing their Malona Blonics. You know but what I, I mean? Like, like it's there's not still parts of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that is still mostly what yeah. the show is about. But I think it's like good that they like try to different because if you are going to reboot it, like you gotta, like, yeah. there's got to be something. And one to of the you things that I back, really right? genuinely loved, and they they made a podcast like a writers' room podcast, mm-hmm. so you have the writers talking about each episode of the new series. And um, hearing Michael Patrick King talk about this, like, conference or, like, talk that he went to about, like, diversity and representation. And, like, he asked one of the panelists, um, I forget what the exact question was, but he was like, what do you think is the thing that, like, most people are getting wrong when it comes to that? And it's, and the person responded that it's always just one. You know, like, when people want to diversify, then they'll get, like, one person of color. Mm -hmm. One queer person. Yeah. And so, like, I think they did a really good job of, like, actually making sure that on all the storylines and in all of these new inclusions, that it was always at least two. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, like, two major queer stories. Mm -hmm. Like, Miranda having, like, her queer awakening and Charlotte's kid, like, and their gender identity journey or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Like, I I was really grateful. They didn't Mm -hmm. always, like, it's not like... It didn't feel like a very special episode of Well, Sex it did a little bit. Like they went they put they went really like, you know, it's like someone trying to do the right thing. Like yeah, you do yeah. get that vibe a little bit, but I'm like <laughs> but I appreciate that like they really understand that like one is tokenism. Yeah. Two and more is like that's when you can start to really talk about representation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh so our last guest was Montreal filmmaker Adam Ryder. Uh, who wanted to know what movie scene makes you emotional to the point of tears? <laughs> so many. <laughs> you know that movie that that scene in Click where Adam Sandler is <laughs> <laughs> reaching out for his daughter. Uh-huh. No, I, I have my limits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, and and emotional, and so like, and this would be, I guess, like a good 
maybe if if you if there's a lot that make you sad, are there any that make you happy? If you're like looking for like something that would be, I guess, if there's a million, just pick one, I guess. Yeah, well, well what's the one that first popped to your mind? Um um, I guess the first one that pops into my mind is The Wizard of Oz, um, Dorothy singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It still gets me every time. And I think it's because that was like my favorite movie when I was a kid. And so like, it's not just about like imagining like Judy Garland's life and this mm-hmm. sort of like last moment of sort of innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about watching The Wizard of Oz in general that makes me sort of like teary. I mean, full on tears, mm-hmm. like actually crying is just this like, I don't know this feeling of like time gone by and like you're not a kid anymore and mm-hmm. like it's like even just in our own lifetimes like just seeing how much things have changed and like where we've ended up and like it's all of that like that scene just represents sort of like time standing still but then also like the reality of like what a fucking nightmare the world is and like <laughs> can't we just have like can't things just be simple <laughs> It just always gets to me. It's even hard. It's hard to even articulate why yeah, it really yeah. gets to me, but it's like just a mix of like nostalgia and I guess like a sort of like grieving for my own like childhood and, mm-hmm. and innocence in a sort of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's such a hopeful song. It's yeah. such a, like an ideal. But it's also song. really sad because it doesn't exist. Like this place that she's singing about that mm-hmm. is perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like when when this question came up, we're just like talk about the last episode we were we ended up talking a lot about the film inside out which is like also touching a lot of those themes yeah where, just, where you're just sort of i like, love that movie too where, yeah where you're just sort of like you're like you can't be a kid anymore no. like like no matter what childhood was for you you're like yep it was it's gone it's gone like yeah. no matter what your experience was exactly you're like, that's there's no do-overs on that stretch. You're like, ah, it's yeah. gross. Yeah. So that always gets to me. But, mm-hmm. like, I cry. I get. I cry very Ooh. easily. Me I too. get very emotional very easily. Like, the that thing about Click was, was true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, there are, like, the thing is that I, I'm easily brought to tears. Like, if, if something is sort of, like, meant to bring you to tears, it usually will work on me. Like, I am susceptible right. to that. And there are many movies I'm sure I've watched that were genuinely moving or who were, or that were only moving to me. Like, that yeah. this wasn't a thing that, like, someone wrote yeah, to make yeah. me cry. But the ones that stick in my head are the ones that are so silly. Like, I know that I that I cried when that happened. And an Adam Sandler movie about like a TV remote that brings you back in time or whatever it is, you know, or like, um, your heart strings are just there for the pull in. Like I always cry in in, like love actually, you know how at the beginning and at the end, there's just like footage of people at the airport. So it's like none of the storylines, but there was like one where it's just like this little like toddler, like running to their parent. (laughs) And it really like reminds like like, the kid looks a lot like me as at that age, I think like, I don't know, like that weird sort of like floppy hair they have where they don't have a lot of hair, but it's like (laughs) flapping in the wind. And like, it makes me like, really like, I think of myself as like a little kid, like being so excited to see my parent who I haven't seen in a while. And I'm like, it's the only place you feel safe is like knowing your parents are around. And that, always brings me to tears that, i think like, that's probably that what, like, like b-roll of love actually yeah. you know <laughs> but i think that reason that you just gave is like probably the reason that i cry at most things it's what you're describing like you think of yourself as a kid and like just 
yeah, it, like it, it like strips you, exactly. you know, and leaves you very vulnerable. Like yeah. getting like literally in touch with your vulnerability. You're exactly. like, oh, wow, I, I was once and in a way still am this like helpless yes. little like yeah. tender, only once affection and comfort yeah. and exactly. safety. You know? Yes, yeah. totally. I think that's probably that little the kid didn't even yell at anyone tears. standing in front of them. No, it wasn't <laughs> like, what are you doing? This I'm sorry. Is this is this your living room or is it or is it the supermarket? Anyway. <laughs> You don't know. I don't know where that kid is now. <laughs> Sarah always there was there was a Tim Hortons commercial that was like kicking around a couple of years ago where it was like clearly like the, the story of the commercial was like a man immigrated here and then like set up his job in Canada and whatever and then his family was coming over and it was like him meeting them in like a snowstorm but like he had brought them all winter clothes because it's Canada mm. and also like Tim Hortons whatever and I was just sort of like this is so lame I look over Sarah's just like. <laughs> Making it work. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> like it was I just like I'm like 30 seconds of emotional manipulation, and it's important. And it, but it, yeah, it worked so well. I remember one time, like it was like at the movies, and it was like something was like being like sponsored by Budweiser. So there was like a little, <laughs> there was like a little video at the beginning, and it was like something where it was like. I don't even know if it was like advertising a real competition like this or if it was sort of like the story within this little Budweiser trailer. Mm-hmm. But it was like about like a really like a small band like winning some kind of contest mm. and like getting to like perform like their first big show and it wasn't that big, but they're so excited and that brought me to tears <laughs> because like, yeah, and like if it's done well in those like 15 seconds, they really get you to feel for this. Like, yeah. oh, these like bright eyed kids who like love their art and they really want to make it and they're great friends and they're doing it, you know, and it's like, and I'm, like, and I'm like, yeah, it's so good. You know, like, I'm like, I don't care about Budweiser. I don't remember what the thing was for, but like, you know. If like, it was a real band, I'd never <laughs> listen to them. I would never. I would never. No, of course not. I bet their concerts are loud and crowded. I don't know. Uh, all right. So, Chana, what question would you like to ask to our future guest? Um, I will ask um, if you could play any part in any movie, what would it be? And, and what would what would your answer be? Oh, I have to answer it. You don't well, have you don't to, have but, to, but, to, but yeah. I'm just curious. So wait, um, hang on. So, but like, I have caveats. Okay. <laughs> so, does that mean that, um, like, are we saying like a movie that already exists? Yeah. And also, is it like in a nutshell, or does that like say if I am Johnny Depp in Nightmare Before Elm Street, am I like also do I get his career? Or you're like, no, it's one and done. It's you're one just, and done. It's one and done. Yeah. Okay, so there's no like, there's no career. No, it's just like you would have played that role at in that exact movie instead of the person who played it. Okay, and, 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 and every, the re- everything else about the and world the, and remains. The, and the sense. reward would be you're in that film. It doesn't change your life or whatever. Exactly. So you don't need to think about like fame. You could pick. No, a, no, no. Exactly. You could pick a small indie film or whatever. You could okay. pick whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, it's just like where, where, like, what would you like to have been a part of more? Like, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like specifically the part, so like to you know to get to be the person who actually like delivered those lines. Yeah, yeah. And like, like in, in, in what way would you? Yeah. yeah. If you could play any part in any film, what would it be? Yeah. Got it. I think I would love to play um, Goldie Hawn's role in the first Wives Club. Oh. Like I would love to play like just like the the diva on the wane, like the 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 sort of like selfish, narcissistic, vain, aging movie star. That's like my that's my dream role. 
perfect. Yeah. What I think about that you? They should keep that in mind for the reboot. I don't know that. Like the thing that came to mind now is like one of the witches and like Hocus Pocus. Oh, uh, um, yes. We didn't even talk about Hocus amazing. Pocus too. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's yeah. gonna be exciting. But I don't. I don't know if I like if that any one of so them specifically, fun. but because they're all different. Yeah. I feel like I would want to play Sarah Jessica Parker's. I was gonna say like not Sarah Jessica. Oh, you Parker. don't want that. Okay. It, it just I I love it's, that character, but it doesn't feel like. Right. I could right. kind of do it justice okay. or like um, the main one. I feel like I would be like the third one that isn't that big of a deal, <laughs> but I would vacuum. like that. I would like to sort of just be the third, yeah, the third Mary. one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, there's so many things. I'm I like, would love to see you as Mary. And yeah. Just right. Focus. Let's do it. <laughs> there's so many, I like my brain is going like, I will tell you the, f- the very, I was like, Oh, what's like something that's like, I could see myself doing, but it would still be like kind of iconic and whatever else. And the first thought that came to my head, and probably just because we watched it like two weeks ago, was uh, the Christian Slater character in Heather's. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> but I think that I like remember that weird interview where he appeared to not understand the film that he was making. Yeah, that was weird. Because <laughs> we, we were at we were like at uh, Keith's cottage, and like we were watching a DVD of Heather's before breakfast, and then one of the like special features was like an interview okay. with the cast, and it was like he appeared to think that like he was the hero of the film. <laughs> And I, I was haven't like, seen it in so long. Uh, in a movie. I, I remember it being. He's not. The he's hero. he's he's like the archetype of the school shooter. Like yeah, he's like what right, made. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. what who made like wearing a trench coat and shooting up your school like a, a, a desirable thing. thing to do. Yeah. Kind of. But like you said, it's such an iconic role. And again, yeah. like what, what Amanda and I were talking about, like the weird dialogue. Like, like where he's like, greetings and salutations and whatever. Mm. Like, it's such ins- – everybody speaks so insane that I feel right. it would be like – That would f- be fun. It'd be a fun role. Yeah, Because the dialogue is nonsense yeah. in that entire film. Definitely. Yeah. And, then the, and then the other one that would maybe, like, came to mind would be uh, – <clears throat> and again, just having a lot of fun with it would probably be, like, a character in, like uh, – what's his name? Uh, like, Jason Lee's character in Mallrats – whatever where he's just like the comic nerd hanging out at the mall just talking about comic shit i'd be like yeah put that like i'll do that <laughs> no problem and have so much fun getting to meet stan lee getting to do all that stuff yeah. like in that role and just talking about nerdy comic shit in sega for like an entire film and be like it's a movie and then yeah. i'm in it so yeah those are the things that like pop to mind i'd also like to play meryl in the devil wears prada Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, that absolutely. would be so fun. That would be great. And there's all, but now I'm also thinking, like, do I want to be in an action movie? Because those would be fun. I wouldn't want that. Like, no, I, I'm also thinking of things I could us. do. Like, I was like, my first, like, like my favorite movie is Mad Max: Fury Road. But okay. I'm like, there's no role that I see myself having fun in. Right. Yeah. And, I don't. That and, did not. You look don't want to be one of the teenagers. Like at most, I'd be, I'd be like, I'd be like Nux, maybe like the Nicholas Holt character, maybe. Mm-hmm. I know. Roll your eyes. No, I just it, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know Nicholas Holt. I don't know Nicholas Holt. Oh, oh no, you haven't watched The Great, despite me recommending it again. No, again. I haven't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a historical. I hear the costumes are really good. Yeah, though. exactly. A well-costumed historical comedy with a strong female lead. I'm sorry. Does that sound like something you might enjoy, Ines? <laughs> it does sound. It does sound like it. But you know, from you recommending Los Spookies for like four years, that, that I'm. Take a I while. need. Yeah, I need to get there on my own terms. <laughs> you know? Everyone's like that. Yeah, yeah right. Like you can recommend. Like I know. I've t- I've done that. I've like begged people to watch something because I know Me they're going to love it but like it, and it also works better if they do come to it in their it own is, terms yeah. if someone actually is like sit down or watching this often you don't really exactly. like connect to yeah, it yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it's got to find find its so way I don't will, watch, I'll, I make, the I'll make my either. way to the great eventually I'm yeah. sure yeah, yeah but anyway. I have a lot of 
Great British Bake Off to catch up on right fair, now. You fair know? enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so, yeah, this has been a super long episode. Uh, trying to thank you so much. We didn't even get to talk about the album that came out in Pandemic, oh, the Pandemic album. People can find it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Find your way it's to it. It's on all, all the... Trana stre- Wintour. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the streaming platforms. Yep, exactly. Uh, CBC, uh, on the real CBC, Tuesdays at 9.30 on the respective Tuesdays, which is... November something and October. And October yeah, the, fi- the season finale. Season finale season on October finale. 25th. And also... If like, you tune in and the show's over, you missed her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, but you can go back on CBC Gem. Yeah, yeah CBC Gem. A that. wonderful free platform. I do yeah, And watch Pen15 while yeah. you're on there. Pen15 oh, is very, on, very fun. It's on CBC Gem. Best yeah. show, Great. masterpiece. Good to know. Amazing. Yeah. So Good watch Rick Mercer and watch Pen15. <laughs> Uh, anything else you guys want to plug before we get out of here? No. 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 All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um... Thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy Facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street. Uh, We really have to rely on word of mouth, which uh, basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, please uh, share it, link it, uh, tell your friends about it. Say, hey, there's this show called Go Plug Yourself. They talk to Montrealers or people that have stuff going on in Montreal or uh, just people that have stuff to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a, it's a fun show. We, we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over 200 episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and uh, plugs something. A uh, big thank you, as always, to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude, who provided our theme songs. And, of course, a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show. Uh, Walter J. Ling, who technically retired, but still sometimes hosts. Uh, Christopher Vendito, Lawrence Korber, and uh, Ines Anaya uh, all, are all amazing co-hosts, and you should support them and their comedy and uh, and all of that. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing Go Blog Yourself uh, as one of your From the Millions of Podcasts. And have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.